Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we uh, get started on a brand new journey, we just completed last week the five years of the New Testament study, uh, and we're, we're launching now into a 15-year study on the Old Testament. And uh, so we know what we're doing every Wednesday night. Those of you who want to be involved for the next 15 years, and I expect you all to hang around and make it through. Uh, what's 15 years among friends? And uh, people said, what are you going to do after that? I'm going to start all over and go another 20 years. And then I think I'll be done. I think I'll be 90. And at that point, somebody else ought to be teaching on Wednesday night. <laughs> if I'm 90, Doug's going to be 60-something too. So we might be looking for Stevie to step up at that point. He'll be like, yeah, go sit down, Gramps, go on. <laughs> go, go in the back. <laughs> so um, Genesis is where we're going to start. Genesis 1. We'll be in Genesis now for better part of a year. Uh, there's 50 chapters in Genesis, so that's going to take us a while. And um, uh, so some of these earlier books getting in will take a little while, but I think you'll find them very interesting. I would encourage you to read what you can of them as we kind of work our way through. And, um, and I'll just be going a chapter at a time, so you can read it that way if you'd like. Uh, the first five books of the Old Testament are known as the Pentateuch, and, uh, and among other things, uh, they have some other names, but that's the most common one. All of them were written by Moses, and uh, obviously Moses wasn't there at the point of creation, so he is recording for us the... Um, the events of what took place as were made known to him under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he um, so gets us all caught up. And remember, he's writing all of this uh, sort of after everything that takes place, starting with the Exodus and Deuteronomy and everything gets set up. And uh, he's recording everything to, um, you know, for the people so they know how it all happened and how it came to be and the whole story. So, so understand that, that, that these first five are all attributed to Moses. And, um, and how that works under the anointing of the Spirit. And um, Genesis 1 is perhaps um, one of the most fascinating books in the Bible. I say that about a lot of the Bible. Uh, but Genesis 1-1 is, is probably uh, the most sort of uh, hot topic, one of the most hot topics in the Bible. Very simple stated, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That one little passage seems to really get uh, a lot of people going. And so we'll, we'll look at that a little bit, and we'll look at the whole chapter today. Um, but, you know, the, that simple statement that God created the heavens and the earth, is a, it's a very challenging concept. And, and there's some of the, this whole sort of idea of thinking about creation that's extremely challenging for um, our minds to grasp. Uh, you know, you think about this galaxy uh, that, we, that we live in. It's spinning uh, at the incredible speed of 490,000 miles per hour. Did you know that? The galaxy's spinning at that speed. Um, and, and it still needs 200 million years to make one rotation, our galaxy. So just, I mean, even fathom the concept of that and that there's over a billion galaxies just like this one. So, I mean, you, you, you understand that we can't even begin to grasp the magnitude of that dynamic with our minds. Um, 
Some scientists say that the, the number of stars uh, in creation is equal to all the grains of sand uh, on all the beaches of the world. And yet this entire complex thing is, uh, you know, everything spinning in remarkable order and efficiency. It's fascinating to think about the magnitude of it. I was reading the other day that they focused one of the big telescopes on a spot um, in space. They just focused it in and, you know, it takes a long time to go and start recording data that just as it looks out there. And they thought it was a black hole, but they were able to see past it and there were so many stars beyond what they thought was nothing that it, it again, adds to this dynamic even more. So they're, they're constantly seeing more and more that happens. And, and yet, to, to just say that this universe just happened um, or, or just somehow evolved requires really more faith to believe um, that than it is that, that God is behind these amazing statistics. See, that's the reality. Be, because of the Bible and, and actually the evidence of science, um, knowing and believing this, this part of creation um, gives you a whole lot of facts and you just need a little bit of faith. Um, without God, um, they need all sorts of faith to believe those things on the tiny little facts that they have to believe what they believe. So it's, it's quite a big um, difference and very interesting to think about. Um, also, you know, God didn't need to create the universe. He chose to create it. And he did that because he's love. And love is best expressed towards something or someone else. So God created the world and the people as an expression of his love. There's something very powerful about thinking about that, um, that, that he, he, this, this entire thing was because of you, um, because God wants to be in relationship with you. So let's read through it, and then we're going to hit on some of the highlights today, and I'm going to have to watch my time today, because I will go over with this subject if I'm not careful, because there's a lot to talk about. So Genesis 1, and uh, there's 31 verses. They're there on the sheet for you. If you have your Bibles, you can open and read along. I'm reading out of the NIV. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. And God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. 
to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image, in our own likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and to all the birds of the air and to all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And blessed be the word of Lord. So, uh, how did God create the earth? That's a, that's a loaded question. Um, some believe that it was with a sudden explosion, the universe appeared. Others believe that God started the process and that the universe evolved over billions of years. Um, uh, most scientists have their own origin, uh, opinion on the origin of the universe, but only the Bible shows one supreme God creating the earth out of his great love and giving all people a special place in it. And, and we, we can make some pretty good guesses at how it all happened, um, but um, ultimately we will know completely how it happened when we get to be with him forever. But, but knowing that the Bible says that God created, it gives people a special worth and dignity that we need to hang on to. When people stop believing that, that God created them and the world around them, they begin to act quite differently. So God created it all as an expression of his love, um, and he did it because he wants to be ultimately in relationship with us. Um, now, sometimes people will say, well, okay, well, then who created God? I don't know if you've ever anybody ask you that. I have people ask me that from time to time. And, and we have to get um, a hold of the idea that God has always been. And people all know there has to be something before that, and there doesn't. This is one of those problems where we have, um, our finite minds have trouble grasping and dealing with infinite thought. Um, for example, try to think of the highest number. And you, you can't, because it's, in, it's infinite. You can't get there. You, you can think about it all you want. You can never get there, because it's infinite. We have trouble with some of those sort of ideas. Like, like, um, so if I came, I'm going off camera. That's okay. It's not that important, I don't think. But I'm walking over here. So, so what's between you and I right now? 
Okay, air. That's good. Because you know what most people say? Nothing. Because 90% of people, if I walked up and said, what's between you and I? And they, say, they don't apparently see anything, they would say nothing. And yet there's something. You're right. There's all kinds of stuff between us. Because um, there's you know, molecules and atoms, all those things spinning around. But we can't see them, so our normal response is there's nothing there. But there is something there. And, and that's one of those things that we, we struggle with um, in these concepts when we're dealing with things that are very hard for us to grasp. I'm going to show you a picture, not yet, but in a little while. And, and we have to deal with the idea of nothing. And uh, what Mike Edwards says, he quotes somebody and says that nothing is what rocks dream about. <sighs> so, so, the, um, so the statement in verse 2 that the earth was formless and empty sort of provides the setting for the creation narrative that follows. And uh, uh, during the second and third days of creation, God gives form to the universe. And during the next three days, God fills the earth with living beings. And um, the darkness was dispelled on the very first day when God created the light. So, so now the next question is sort of how long did it take for God to create the world, everything? And there's, um, there's a lot of different ideas. And so I'm going to cover some of them so you, so you can see and how to understand. And, and all of them really... Um, we can hold intention because we don't know except for the last one there's one that's called the gap theory which supposes there was an original order of creation and beauty and it was ruined by Satan's fall and that Genesis 1 is describing a reconstruction and that there's, this, there's a gap that's why it's called the gap theory between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2 of a, a massive amount of time that happens between the creation and the fall of the, um, uh, the, you know, and, the, and the, this, the, the enemy's fall and what he does. So, so that's one, it's called the gap theory, that there's a huge amount of time between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Then there's another one called the indefinite age theory. And what it says is that the term day is figurative and that um, the, the creative activity of each day covers um, sort of geological eras and that the day in which man uh, appeared hasn't ended yet. So some would believe that, that we're in that day when man appeared. Um, <clears throat> there's one called the creation in situ theory, and that it suggests that um, creation is literal 24 hours a day, and all this just happened a few thousand years ago, and that um, coal and petroleum and fossils were all created in place. And so that the, the fossil record is only sort of apparent because when God created, he would have created with age. I mean, like, if you think about it, that sort of makes sense. He made, you know, we, we understand he created Adam and Eve and they were fully grown when that happened. That would have been different. When trees came, they, you know, they, they would have appeared to have age. Rocks would have, you know, everything would have appeared to have been there for a while when he created them. And so... Um, uh, it, it, it's possible that it wasn't all that long ago and that the reason that we date them to be so long ago is we don't know how to account for something popping up there like that. There's the rev, um, revelatory day theory and that means that um, God was revealing what he did to Moses and, uh, one, a day and Moses wrote down everything that day that God told him and that was the first day and he ended it because that was the end of the revelation for that day and then the second day God gave him the next and the third day God gave him the next that's the, the revelatory day theory that this was how God was letting Moses know um, and, and so it was days in Moses' life not um, the actual days of creation there's the literary device theory 
that says um, that, the, that the writer just used the idea of days to sort of organize his material and get them in a nice orderly fashion. And, um, and then some, some people believe that, uh, um, that, that none of it's um, historical in any sense and it may be theological in some sense, but um, they, they don't really hold much uh, account of it. So um, ultimately the reality is it doesn't really matter how long it took. What really matters is that he did it. And that's the thing that we have to sort of hold on, that, that he created the earth in a very orderly fashion, like he didn't make plants before light, and, uh, uh, you know, that he created men and women as unique beings capable of communication with him. And, um, that, that, you know, it, so the, the, real, the reality is it doesn't really matter how long it took, whether it was, you know, six days or billions of years. Uh, he created it the way he wanted it. So, so, you know, and I have... Like with, you know, when we just finished Revelation, I have my, my own ideas, but I, I try and present all of them because I think that's reasonable. But, you know, sometimes my ideas will slip in there along the way. Um, and, I, and I can't help that. Um, now, uh, also people, people have tried to date the creation. And, and um, that's been going on for hundreds of years. And uh, they've tried to count backwards using fixed points in time that we can we can get to and, and some people can think they can come to a date based on the scripture um, that creation was uh, 4000 BC some believe it was you know 7000 BC and um, they do that we have a fixed point in time in history in case you didn't know first Kings 6 1 we actually know from archaeological studies that um, first Kings 6 1 took place in 966 BC because um, it speaks of the fourth year of Solomon and there was an archaeological discovery that that they recorded um, the, the beginning of his reign at 970 and so we know we know exactly that that and so you can date quite a bit of stuff from that point forward and you can date some things from that point backward that's how people do this the problem is they start working through these genealogies of ages and um, sometimes in the Hebrew um, chronology they would um, skip out parts of the generations just they would hold the family line intact but they if it was if they knew where they were they could miss some and so that can change where the date is so we don't really know there's some good guesses but uh, you know we, we don't know that for sure and so there's there's some things that we just don't know but and that's okay you gotta hold all this stuff in tension it's okay now I got a picture is that picture on the thing I want to show you a picture see if it'll come up okay now, that picture, pretty fascinating picture, that's from NASA. And that's um, what the majority of scientists believe today uh, is a picture of everything that we understand um, in time. And, and um, it, it's called the whole Big Bang thing. And the, uh, the, it's, a, it's really fascinating that they've come to this point. Um, so for those of you who are like me and you went to school a long time ago, scientists didn't believe in this back then. This isn't the last limited amount of time that the, the idea of a, a Big Bang starting point has taken place. And actually the Big Bang thing is a very good thing for believers. It proves the Bible. Um, they, they still don't believe that it does, but it absolutely proves the Bible. The, it doesn't, it's not in conflict at all with Genesis 1-1. They just don't understand that the, the Big Bang is, the Big Banger is God, if you would. Um, because when you look at to the left of that picture, um, there's there's a starting point, there's 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 a beginning, right? In the beginning, 
And um, it, it's a fascinating diagram, and all of the information on this diagram comes straight from NASA. So it's, it's every, every bit of that. That's a NASA diagram about how they believe it all came to be and what happened. Uh, and, and so they believe, you keep it up there, that there's 13, uh, there are 13.77 billion years uh, from that little point in time in beginning. Now they're trying to, what they have, so they can't put God in there yet because they just can't, they can't, they can't come to that. So they have this idea of quantum fluctuations. Um, that's, but they, see what happens in this diagram, and, and I said this was hard to grasp, anything outside that cone is nothing. So it's no thing. There's nothing outside that cone. So, so what this suggests, and what they, they're trying to sort of, um, they, they've come to the realization that something, they're trying to tell you that something comes out of nothing. And it's impossible for something to come out of nothing. Now we know that there's something beyond the nothing and that God's there and always has been. And so it's, it's God at the beginning of that cone. They're, they're trying to say that, that, well, you can make something out of nothing if certain sort of um, uh, natural laws are in place. But to have natural laws, you have to have something. And they don't have something to work with. They have nothing. And they know they have nothing. They proved it. They've proven that there was... <laughs> that this happened, that something happened, but, but there's, there's nothing there. So they're trying to make something. They're trying to say that you can actually get something from nothing when, in fact, you can't get something from nothing. It's impossible. Just logic that you can't. We know that God was there and that he's the one that spoke that into being. He's at that point. It, that, that is a picture of Genesis 1-1. They just want to not admit that there's God, so they come up with all sorts of other stuff. But it never, their, their, their stuff is really flawed at that point. So it's really good that this whole Big Bang thing came up and that most scientists believe in it because it, that's Genesis 1-1. When you look at that picture, that's what you, oh, that's Genesis 1-1. They'll go crazy. Anybody that doesn't believe in God will. But no, no, that's Genesis 1-1. Right there. That point right there, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom, right there. Spoken into being. This massive amount of energy came out of nowhere and did all of this stuff. Now, the time doesn't matter. They can't fathom God, so they can't figure. I mean, if you told them, and, and it very possibly happened, and all this has happened in the last seven to 10,000 years, no. Well, I don't know. Could have been that there's, I, the time doesn't matter. What matters is at that point, that's God speaking everything into being. God created the heavens and the earth right there. And, and NASA scientists have given us a perfect picture of it. Got to enjoy that at this point in time in history. So that's a very good thing. So that's there. So... We look at those things, and you know, in Mike's book, if you really want it, Mike has some great evidences for that stuff, and it's up there and it's free about creation. He's really much better at the, all that stuff than I am, but um, that's a fascinating picture. Okay, now you can put the camera back on me. So, um, we're to um, study and teach, and uh, it's still the picture. There we go. Um, but it's, it's not, it, it's, you know, it's... it's um, it's always with the understanding that we want to dig in trying to know more about God and never being afraid of the science. The science doesn't need to scare us. It will always work its way back to God because it's the truth. The, 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 um, the facts will always reveal that God is true. You know, um, scientists... See, science itself doesn't speak. It's just science. It's facts. It's, but scientists interpret it, they speak, and they, they ha all have a bias, and they, they always want to make it say things that they believe. It's not it's just what people do, but you never have to be scared of it. They keep coming up with new things. Like when they were coming up with the whole Big Bang thing, oh, this is going to, and it just pointed right back at the, the, the thing we've been saying forever, in the beginning, that there was a beginning to it all. 
and, and now that stuff happens. So never, never worry about the stuff and enjoy it and, and uh, it's all working together for good and always will. Now, towards the end of the chapter, um, uh, some people would ask, because it says in there, um, let us make human beings in our image. And um, this, this can mean some different things, but my belief would be that it's in reference, it's referencing the Trinity at that point. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, all of whom are God. Um, and we know that God's Spirit was present in creation. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, among other verses, the creation verse themselves, it, uh, it says in Job 33, the Spirit of God has made me, the breath of the Almighty gives me life. In Psalm 104, when you send your Spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. And also, we know that, that God's Son, Christ, was at work in the creation. Uh, Colossians 1.16 says, for by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things were created by him and for him. And so that our image is a, a, a one very good explanation of it, is it's pointing to the Trinity. Um, what does it mean to, that we're created in God's image? Since, um, you know, God, we have physical bodies and, and uh, uh, that, that God doesn't. Um, but what we are is we're reflections of his glory. We, we are image bearers. We bear the image of God. Um, we were created as image bearers initially after the fall um, for a time there if you look at Genesis 5 we'll look at that at the time when Seth came along he was created in the image of Adam um, but, but up until that time we were created in God's image and back in Christ now we once again reflect the image of God and, and, uh, and so we have because we, we were created by him and we have some um, of the, the characters of God um, we have the ability to reflect on who he is, love, and, and reflect, you know, his, his character lovingly, patience, kindness, forgiveness, faith, all those things. Um, and it's also knowing that we're creating his image is another very important place to have value of not only our own lives, but everybody else's life um, in the world around us. We bear his image. It also says that he's made men and women to reflect his image um, and there's something uh, in that uh, picture of, of how um, men and women complement one and each other and uh, one another and, and reflect the image of God in a very um, uh, wonderful way. Um, and then at the very end it says in verse 31, God saw he had created um, that was excellent in every way. Everything that he made was good and you need to know you're part of that creation. And that's good news because uh, he created you as well. So, you know, if you ever start to think, you start beating yourself up or you feel like your value, you don't have much value or anything, you were created good by God. You're valuable to Him. He made you for good reason to be in relationship with you. Okay, so that's a quick overview of Genesis 1. There's a lot more to it. If you have some of those questions about um, the cosmos, if you go to our website and click on Vineyard Schools and then click on the um, School of Evangelism page, um, there's videos already there. There's two. Watch that second one. Mike describes this whole idea of the cosmos very well. And uh, there's also another video by another guy in there. So it's very good. Let me pick up one of the books. You can do that. That would be cool. That's good for today. If you're watching my video, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. And uh, look forward to seeing you at different points in time over the next 15 years as we work through the Old Testament together. So uh, there you go. You can turn the video off.